Welcome, all you blokes and chillers, to the Sport Shack from the Gold Coast, Australia. In the Sport Shack this week, we're going to talk about some of the sporting topics of the week and go back in time and have some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film, and lots more. And all from and with our great mate, Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present, the traditional custodians of this land of the Gold Coast. We thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land. Welcome to this episode <laughs> of the Sport Show. That'll teach you from trying to multitask. <laughs> I hope you are well on a great sporting week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, he started the music. Oh shit! I forgot to, I forgot to look up something. <laughs> <laughs> this script in one hand, the phone in the other. And the <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and all the, good. And the intro is going slowly. Yeah, uh, running out. So it's yeah, like, I'm thinking, oh god, I've got to find this in time. I've got to find this in time. <laughs> and I just did in time by a fraction of a second. Keep you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> How's your sporting week been, Glenn? Yeah, it was not bad. Yeah? It's good to see um, Valentino Rossi um, in the the um, like the MotoGP Sporting Hall of Fame. He's called the Legends yeah. Hall of Fame, so he's inducted oh, cool. into that. So. Well deserved, too. Yeah. yeah. Nine World Championships. and Jeez. Yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? I watched that that documentary this week on um, the apex, the top of the apex, or something like that. About, oh, yep. About GP, the the GP motor races, mm. and uh, yeah, the, the riders and that and what yep. they've been through and their wins and their losses and right. That, yeah, so that was that was interesting. Was that on Netflix? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, I'm thinking I've got a bit of a new segment. Have you? Yep. It's called, uh, you know, because each week we talk. I'll talk about some issues, and you did just then, yeah. about something that's happened during the week in the world of sport. Yeah. And it's called... Thumbs up or thumbs down, <laughs> or winners and or losers, winners and losers. So you're going to talk about a topic, and then we talk about whether it's yeah good or bad. So first of all, we talk about our winners. Yeah. So you just okay. mentioned a good winner just then, and yeah, the great Valentina Rossi. Rossi, yeah. yeah. And losers, yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's always a lot of losers. So, so the winner of the week and the loser of the week, eh? Well, yeah, I, I find it hard to narrow it down. You know, some weeks we might have heaps, some weeks we yeah. might only have one or two. You yeah. never know. But, oh, boy, we had a great big winner during the week, didn't we? The Aussie 2020 World Cup victory. Yeah. They won for the first time. <laughs> and there I was bagging the hell out of them. Yeah. <laughs> the start, well, you couldn't. You couldn't deny it. Like, yeah. they'd lost their previous five series. They were flogged by Bangladesh, you know, and um, flogged by the West Indies, even though they were missing a couple of players. Yeah. Yeah, but Mitch Marsh, gosh. 
Yeah. I was one of his big knockers, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because he just in and out of the test team all the time. And yeah. Wasn't living up to expectation, but, oh, boy. Yeah. How good did he go on that World yeah. Cup, that 2020 World Cup? Just brilliant. Yeah. The brilliant innings by the Kiwis, um, Kane Williamson, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And David Warner found form, and, yeah. And it reminds me of the 87th yeah. World Cup triumph when we won our first World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, we went into that tournament. I think we were like, you know, 66 to 1 outsiders. Weren't given a hope in Hades. Couldn't beat time with a stick. Yeah. And yeah, they just prepared really well. And yeah, and, uh, you know, really focused on their fielding and uh, getting quick singles. And uh. yeah, and it paid off. Mm. Uh, that's good. But also another big winner. Is uh, A.B. de Villiers, a great South African cricketer. He's announced his retirement from all forms of cricket. Yeah. Just looking at his stats here. So basically when he started, he was like a wicketkeeper batsman for South Africa. Yeah. But he turned out to be one of the great batsmen. And 114 test matches. 8,765 runs, so this is according to Wikipedia. Batting average 50.66. 22 centuries, highest score 278. One day cricket, 228 one day internationals. Mm-hmm. Batting average 53.5, that's incredible in one day cricket. Yeah. Oh my life. 25 centuries, top score 176. Yeah, in 2020, 78 matches. His average wasn't as great there, 26-14, but just a brilliant player. Yeah. yeah. Really, um, you know, yeah, I remember when, in that one-day World Cup for, uh, in Australia in 2015. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, Some of his innings were just amazing. Yeah. His shot selections and, oh, yeah. yeah. But... Uh, Yes, they're my winners of the week. <laughs> I've got lots of losers. <laughs> <laughs> you got any other winners? Leish Barty's still n- number one, ranked for the third year in a row. Yeah, yeah, I find that hard to come to grips with, really. Yeah. Like, it's great that she is, but yeah. yeah, she's hardly played, really. Yeah, so I know she's resting up for the. The summer season, but she's. Yeah. I hope she does well. Mm. We'll just hope, um, you know, it doesn't backfire on her. Yeah. Uh, no, but she's always a big winner, isn't she? Yeah. 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 Anyone yeah. else? Or? Oh well, you just surprised that on me, so I didn't have a, <laughs> I didn't have a chance to have a look around. But well, I'll go through my losers. Yeah. We had a big one yesterday. The Aussie Test captain. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Ah. T- Tim Payne. He uh, he stepped down as Test captain because in 2017, yeah, yeah apparently he was uh, involved in a sexting scandal. Yeah. So this is a married man. Yeah. He's married to a beautiful-looking wife. <laughs> Look, she looks like a model. Yeah. He's got beautiful kids. Yeah. 
And he goes and has this fling, you know. Yeah. And but I just think the, these cricketers and footballers, why yeah. do they do it? Yeah. I think the fame might, might just get to their head. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, but they'll probably get attention from Yeah, that's what yeah, I think. People and, and they and they go for it instead of Yeah. Um um, you know, just being true to themselves and their family. Mm. It's like that in this documentary I watched, apparently Casey Stoner, the reason he retired yep. was because of all the media. Because mm. he, he just, all he wanted to do was ride. Because he retired young, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, he hated the media being in his face all the time. Yeah. That's why he wanted to get out. And I thought, well, mm. yeah, this... Is going a bit too far with you know, sponsorship, and you've got to meet your obligations to your sponsors, yeah. and, and all this other stuff. And so they're just getting in and doing your sport. I'm glad you mentioned that, yeah, because one of the sports people we're going to talk about today, yeah, they had to, they came across that at a very young age, yeah, and it just got too much, and yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. no, you raise a really good point because I I know when um when I was in in the Royal Fire Service and I was at, at a fire and the media was just right behind us mm. and I was telling them to get out the way and I thought they weren't listening they were just shoving their cameras in any anywhere they could yeah so I just jumped in the truck and. Shoved it into reverse. Yeah. They got out of the way then. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the media has their place. Yeah. But when it comes to respecting yeah, people and also services, yeah, like when you're un- involved with a big fire, things can change. Mm. At any time, and we've only got to get the vehicles out of there or get them moved to some another yeah. location. Yeah, they're the um, true heroes, aren't they? And when the me- when the media's in the way, yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, you just feel like you must feel like just saying nick off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like turning on the big water cannon just just give yeah, them you like, give them a big drenching. Yeah, but the, yeah, but then I'd be. Dragged across the coals by the hierarchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, it looks like Pat Cummins will be our next test captain. Yeah. But I, I just think that's a bad move. Yeah. You know, I just think for a fast bowler, it's just way too big an ask. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I just... I remember I used to, um, the team I played with years ago, yeah, our, cap- our captain, he was a opening bowler for us. Yeah. And he just bowled himself to death, yeah. you know. <laughs> like he'd bowl himself all day. Yeah. I, d- I don't say Pat Cummins would do that, but you just got to think, you know, with fast bowlers, they, they have a tendency to break down. Yeah. Injury and, yeah, and especially you know, Pat Cummins, he had a bad run early in his career, but... Yeah. Thankfully, he's yeah, he's going better now. And no, but I think you know, yeah, Tim Payne just shouldn't be in the side. I don't think he's it was pretty much the only reason he was in the side was because they made him captain. Like uh, yeah. he's just not good enough a player. 
Yeah. You know, like he's 35, nearly 36. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, they've got to start looking elsewhere. Uh, and he's just come back from surgery, neck surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. That's what I used to like about the Australia and the Australia A team. Yeah. Because you got to see some of the upcomers. Mm. Up and coming, you know, play, play, get some experience in. Yeah. In international tests. Well, we just don't have the depth now, I find. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Because when they started that Australia and Australia A, the, um, the membership to, to, um, cricket clubs just went through the roof. About four hundred percent. Really? So, yeah. You know, so it gave the gave the sport in the mm. a real big shot in the arm for the local cricket clubs. Yeah. But yeah, but now you're looking at what five six hundred dollars to play a season. Yeah. Oh, it's like, very like, expensive. Like sport it's just to play. where you're looking at that for the, some cricket bats. You know, they, they cost more than that. Yeah, yeah, but this mm. is just a membership fee to, yeah. play, to play for a season. Oh, it's ridiculous. So, so yeah. if my son, if my son was still playing now, mm. I couldn't afford it. Nah, no way. Because when when Greg was playing, it was like one hundred and fifty dollars for the season. But now, look at it's six hundred. Jeez, you go well. Where's the mm. where's the encouragement in that for the kids to play? Yeah. Sport. They're yeah. going to be shelling out that sort of money. they certainly got to work on the grassroots, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Mm. But, um, no, and the Wallabies, yeah, <laughs> they've been going like a busted. Yeah. Yeah, they got beaten by England, which was expected, and they're playing Wales this weekend. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's not looking good there. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be easy going on those tours at the end of the year. You know, a lot of players are injured; they yeah. can't go yeah. on those tours. Yeah. yeah so, uh. and these bloody players who, um, you know, won't get vaccinated. Yeah. So Novak Djokovic, you know, I couldn't care less if he retired right now. Yeah. yeah. He's lost a lot of respect. That bloke. Um, and uh, you know, and you've got Nick Kyrgios making silly comments again. Oh well, I don't think the Australian Open should go on next year. And uh, and John Asiata from Canterbury, he won't play due to the vaccine mandate. <laughs> and one of the Carlton's top players, AFL players, Liam Jones, he he's retired because mm-hmm. he refuses to be vaccinated. Yeah. Like, do they actually realise how privileged they are, these guys? Yeah. Like, like what, what, what's the big deal? Just get a needle. Yeah. It's as if, you know. Because, because I'm sure they've had to have other sorts of vaccinations to go to different countries. Yeah. So what's... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, this John Asiata, this is um. what a Twitter is. Oh, I, I don't want to play because I don't want... I don't want to be vaccinated and, you know, I'll go and I'll go work on a construction site. But <laughs> little does he know, he needs to be vaccinated to go onto a construction <laughs> site. <laughs> yeah. 
This is how educated they are. Like, yeah, you know, with, with these vaccines, I listen to the experts. You know, yeah, the real yeah. top experts, health experts, yeah. and they all say they're good vaccines. Yeah, it's the only way to deal with this virus. Yeah, um, yeah, but nah, just not good, not good. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, and Parramatta are at it again. <laughs> Isaiah Papalini is the Parramatta's best player this, this season. They've let him go. Uh, for 2023 to the West Tigers. Yeah. So the West Tigers offered offered him like 600000 a season. Shit. But Parramatta are only offering offering him 420000 Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, like, and it's the same like uh, Penrith. You know, they've lost one of their top players to Canterbury for 2023 mm. and... He's going to run around in Penrith jersey next year. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're already talking about the year after. Yeah, yeah it just doesn't make sense. And mm. uh, Socceroos, yeah, they haven't been going well. They had a one-all draw versus China. Yeah. So, yeah, that really puts their qualification in jeopardy now. Yeah. So the, what happens is that the top two in their group Automatically qualify for the World Cup. Yeah. And because Japan won um, and Australia had that draw, Australia's or Japan's overtaken Australia now. Mm. So the best I think we can think of is uh, qualifying, playing playing off. Yeah. Yeah. So if we finish third, like we did at the last World Cup qualification, yeah. Um, yeah, we have to play another country from outside that group. Oh yeah, yeah, to qualify. But we just uh, we don't have the depth at the moment. We, yeah. don't, we just don't have the players. Like we've we've had all this, you know, like these. It just shows you what a great player Tim Kale was. You know, yeah. We just haven't got players like that who can yeah. put the ball in the net. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, like that game against China. Apparently Australia was dominating the whole match, mm. but just the inability to score goals. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's what gets you into the World Cup. Yeah. You know? You're not going to get there by not scoring goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So yeah, they're all my winners and losers for this week. Yeah. Okay. So today we're going to go way back. <laughs> To the year 1972, <laughs> mini skirts. It was a time of mini skirts, maxi uh, dresses, Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie, mm. Volkswagens, and hippies. <laughs> so, what are your memories of the year 1972, Glenn? Yeah, well, I would have been five. So yep. Yeah, going out to, to see the Dead Speedboat Racing, mm-hmm. Stan Bowler's in, in his. Um, Outfit, I think he won the New South Wales Championship that year. Gosh, so you can remember that? Only because I've been lying awake and clogging back the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. This week's been a bit more yeah, laid back and, yeah, 
well, drama, drama free at the moment. Yeah. So far, we've still got to finish the date. That's good, mate. Before the next week happens. So. Yeah. No, but yeah, living in Canberra, we lived in the. Our, um, That's in Sydney, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. in the Shire. Yeah. yeah, I'm a Shire boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Shire boy, Southern Shire. We, we yeah. sort of, yeah. We're sort of upper class of Sydney. We we think ourselves of that. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a nice area down there. Yeah, no, it's yeah. lovely. I, I look forward to hopefully getting back there in mm. the next 12 months and catch yeah. up with the cousin and, oh, and stuff like that, just depending on what happens yeah. up here and other, issue, other situations. Yeah, but... But this street that we lived in, Robin Place, we were out there from dawn to dusk playing. Mm. And it was, there'd be kids coming from everywhere just to join in with the yeah. with the, uh, the group. And I think it would have been uh, yeah, you know, like one Christmas there, all, most of the boys in the street got a slot car set. Oh, okay. So there yeah. was the, the, the Brennans that were about four doors down because outside the street in Robin Place was all hilly behind us. And um, the Brennans had this this walkway that sort of went four, it went had four levels and it was all just a, one big four ramps. Yeah. So what we did was we all joined our slot cars together and made one big track that started from the bottom, went all the way up to the top, then turned around and came back. Oh, okay. Yeah. How'd you get them up the top? We just built the tracks. Yeah. Put them together until we got up there. Right. Yeah. No, but it was a very... The street was very... You know, everyone was close. Mm. The neighbours looked after each other and... And the kids just, um, we all got them well. Yeah. And there'd be kids come from other streets and other parts of the Shire to, to come and play in yeah. Robin Place. So with the slot cars, they're yeah. the, yeah, I know what they are. Yeah. They're the um, little miniature ones that yeah. go on those tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you got them, them, yeah. them. Yeah, like they had the um, the mini cars and yeah, and um, f- yeah, some Formula <coughs> One, some Formula V. Yeah, I took so, these kids that work one day. They, they had a um, slot car yeah. uh, shop. Yeah, yeah. It was in a factory area. Yeah, yeah, and they race these slot cars against yeah. each other and yeah. yeah. Uh, st- great fun. St- yeah, I remember a couple of years ago we, we went out with Rick to that place that had the model trains. Oh, yep. Yeah, I loved how to good get, was that? Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> I loved to go back there again. I was again. blown away by that place. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's out in the uh, hinterland here on the Gold Coast. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, like fair income, <laughs> he's got this massive property, hasn't he? Yeah. And he's got a like a miniature train track yeah. that goes all around all these acres, <laughs> yeah. acres and acres yeah. of property. And he's yeah. got his own train station. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah, 
No, no, and, it was so well set up. Oh, how and, good was it? And and riding the miniature trains was even mm. more comfortable than riding the yeah the bigger ones that we got. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then you go. They had him. He had it all set up, parked away in that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like a club. It's a hobby. Yeah, yeah. Where guys get together yeah. and they do it. Yeah. They, there's another one down. Around Tweed, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a club that I think they mainly came from. I don't know. It's like with the model boats. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a hobby. Yeah. And they all meet, you know, the Gold Coast Miniature Sailing Club. You know, they meet up with the Sunshine Coast ones. And yeah. 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 So, uh, no, but in terms of 1972, well, I was only one, so I can't remember a thing. <laughs> but I've got this photo album here, yeah. and all I know is that whole was, that's a baby. <laughs> I'll put it this way. I was carrying a few extra kilos. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a tubby. A tubby toner. I was a little Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bit of pudding on me, I'll tell you that. Look at this. I got it here. I'll put it on the Facebook page. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, no, but apart from that, 1972, well, I was living in Lura in a house in Megalong Street. Mm. Yeah, and what I do know is that the Munich Olympics were on and... We'll go into it more later on yeah. in detail, but the unfortunately we had the terrorist attacks there yeah. um, during the Olympics. And but American swimmer Mark Spitz he won seven gold medals, and Massey's match at Lords. So Aussie cricketer Bob Massey, he was an Aussie swing bowler. And he did, only played six Test matches, but he picked up uh-huh. eight wickets in each innings at yeah. the Lords Test match, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, just, um, you know, one of the great bowling performances of all time by an Australian. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, and they won that test match, but it's a very famous test match, that one, oh, yeah. yeah, for what he did. Mm. Okay, so we get, we've got a quiz this week. So the questions relate to the year 1972. So question one. So I'll read the questions out first, then we'll... I'll give the answers. So, number one, what legendary Aussie golfer won his third Australian Open golf title, age 43 years? What legendary Aussie golfer won his third Australian Open golf title, age 43 years? Number two, what NRL team, well, or New South Wales Rugby League team, as it was back then, won their maiden premiership? So, what was the rugby league team that won their maiden premiership? And third question. We've got four questions this week, actually. Mm. Third question. Who won the 1972 Baseball World Series? So, who won the 1972 Baseball World Series? So, it's a multiple choice. So, A, was it the New York Yankees? B, the Texas Rangers, or C, the Oakland Athletics. And fourth question, another multiple choice. So how many sports were there at the 1972 Munich Olympics? 
So how many sports were there at the 1972 Munich Olympics? So was there A, 24, B, 21, C, 18? <laughs> and how many are there now? It was about 30-odd now, I think. Yeah. It's more getting bigger and bigger all the time. Yeah, so the answer to the question one is Peter Thompson. The great Peter Thompson, he won five British Opens. Yeah. Uh, and the answer to the number two was Manly. They won their first premiership. They mm-hmm. defeated Eastern Suburbs, which are now called the Roosters, 19 points to 14. And the third question, the Baseball World Series. So was it the New York Yankees, Texas Rangers or Oakland Athletics? It was C, the Oakland Athletics. And four, how many sports are, were there in the 1972 Munich Olympics? So 24, 21 or 18? And the answer was? 21. 21. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This week's Who Am I? Right. So we have a, a, one of the great, greatest female tennis players of all time this week. And... She was born in 1943. So I'm a former American world number one tennis player. I won 39 Grand Slam titles, 12 in singles, 16 in women's doubles, and 11 in mixed doubles. And I often represented the United States in the Federation Cup, which has now been renamed in my honour. only noticed that recently, actually. Uh. Yeah, because the Aussies made the semi-final, and this tournament's now named in her, in her honour. Yeah. yeah, so according to Wikipedia, I've long been an advocate for gender equality, and I am a pioneer for equality and social justice. I'm famous for winning the Battle of the Sexes tennis match against the 55-year-old Bobby Riggs. Mm-hmm. And I was also the founder of the Women's Tennis Association and the Women's Sports Foundation. In 1972, I won three of the Grand Slam titles, electing not to play the Australian Open, though. I'm regarded as one of the greatest women's tennis players of all time and standing at just 1.64 metres tall. And I'm the shortest player to have ever won a Grand Slam. I'm the first female athlete to come out as openly gay and my good friend Elton John wrote a song about me called Philadelphia Freedom. I never knew that. Uh. In regards to my world team tennis team. Yeah. My career span was from 1959 to 1983. And in 1987, I was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. My name is, and we'll give the answer at the end of the episode. Where are they now? Where are they now? Okay, so this week we're going back to the world of swimming. And it's one of our great Aussie swimmers. And her name is Shane Gould. So she had a uh, wonderful career, although it was very short. So she was born in 1956. Shane Gould is a former Australian swimmer who is well known for winning three gold medals a silver medal and a bronze medal, aged 15 years old, at the 1972 Munich Olympics. 
and she is one of Australia's, Australia's great Olympians. She was born on the first day of competition at the 1956 Olympics. She moved to Fiji with her family at 18 months of age and by the age of six was a competitive swimmer. She went to Taramara High School. Yeah, so my, um, I know Taramara really well. Uh. My nana lived there. I used to go there all the time when I was a kid. Uh. Yep, Cherry Street, Taramara. Jeez, yeah. Yep. I'll give you a cherry, a cherry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and was trained by the great swim coach, Forbes Carlisle, and his wife, Ursula. According to the National Film Sound Archive.com, she is also the only person, male or female, to hold simultaneously every world freestyle record from 100 metres to 1,500 metres and also the 200 metres individual medley world record. Now, at the Munich Olympics, Gould had earned such a stature that US swimmers took to wearing T-shirts proclaiming all that glitters is not Gould. <laughs> Gould bravely stood up to the challenge. Yeah, so you've got to remember she was only 15 years of age uh. at this time. Yeah, so a lot of pressure on her. She claimed gold in the 200 and 400 metres freestyle and the 200 metres individual medley, all in world record time, and defeated the classy American swimmer, Shirley Babishoff. Now, according to the book Great Australian Sporting Moments by Michael Roberts, Gould had a gruelling campaign with the quest for five gold medals. She was hampered by a chest infection when it came to the 800 metres final, However, did well enough to win a silver medal behind American swimmer Kina Rothhammer. Gould became the toast of the nation and her marvellous feats brought her unwanted and unprecedented publicity and acclaim. She ended up retiring at the age of 16 at the top of her sport and it was a massive loss for the sport. In an autobiography, Shane Gould which she wrote, was called Tumble Turns. Gould said, quote, People still ask me why I retired from competitive swimming at the age of 16. Because I wanted to. But I'm still unravelling the full answer to that question. End of quote. According to Olympics.com, Gould swam 12 races in 8 days at the Munich Olympics, logging 4,200 metres of competitive swimming in the process. Now, Gould married when she was 18 years old and lived on a farm in Margaret River. So that's that wine area yeah. in Western Australia. I went there once uh -huh. yeah, with her first husband. Now, she won numerous awards, the ABC TV Sportsman of the Year Award for 1971 and 1972. Gee, she, she, so she would have only been like 14 uh -huh. or so when she won... That's like, that was the top Australian sports award yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, incredible. Even the Soviet Union Sportsman of the Year in 1971. Mm. <laughs> oh, gosh. Australian Sports Hall of Fame in 1977, the Olympic Order in 1994, Legend of Australian Sport in 1995, Australian Sports Hall of Fame in 19... Oh, yep, yeah, I mentioned that one. Living National Treasure in 1998. <laughs> and she was inducted into the International Women's Sports 
Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to think back then, like it was much different then in the 70s. Mm. Like swimmers, swimmers retired. It was common for them to retire in their teens because yeah. there just wasn't the money. Yeah. You know, they weren't getting paid anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thankfully today they are. Things are yeah. a bit different, you know, a lot different for our top swimmers. You know, they get sponsorship. Yeah. It's nothing like that back then. So yeah. let's see what Shane Gould is doing now. So she is now 64 years of age and lives in, uh, how do you say that, Bishano? Yeah, mm. it's a town on the east coast of Tasmania. Or Bicano. Bicano. Bicano, yeah. yeah. According to AussieCelebs.com, she lives there with her husband now, Milton Nelms, who she married in 2007, and they run a coaching session for elite swimmers. And she gave birth to four children. She has three sons and a daughter. Now, Gould made a comeback to competitive swimming over two decades later at Masters level. And according to Wikipedia, she set Australian Masters records for the 40 to 44 years of age, for the 100 metres, 200 metres and 400 metres freestyle and the 100 metres butterfly. And the 45 to 49 years of age and the 50 metre butterfly, 100 metres and 200 metres freestyle. In 2003, she broke the world record for the 45 to 49 years of age, 200 metres, individual medley in two... (laughs) Two minutes, 38 <laughs> seconds, 13. Beating uh, the 1961 world record for all ages. What an accomplishment that is. Mm. Yeah. Just think, you know, if she didn't retire and yeah. she went on to those Montreal Olympics in 1976, yeah. you know, where Australia didn't win a gold medal yeah. and we went like a bastard, yeah. yeah, things could have been a lot different. Yeah, yeah she would have been... Think of all the gold medals she most likely would have won. She's well remembered for being a contestant in 2018 on the TV show Australian Survivor. Do you watch that show, Glenn? About 30 seconds of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even watch that. Champions versus contenders. And would be a part of the Champions Tribe. She was praised for overcoming adversity due to her age, showing loyalty all throughout the game and playing a very good social game. Gould was crowned the winner of the show and became the oldest person to ever win any international form of survivor. So, yeah, apparently, you know, the show just wasn't about physical strength. Like she was saying, you know, you had to be uh, wily. You know, and with her life experiences compared to the younger yeah. contestants on the show, yeah. Yeah, it helped her and increased yeah. her confidence. And yeah, so it's just one of the many, many <laughs> what are they called? The uh, uh, what are they, the shows called? The uh, real life the shows, virtual reality, yeah. realities TV, yeah, like, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. So Gould has published three books, Tumble Turns, Fit for 50 Plus, and Appreciating Swimming Beauty and Instruction with Underwater Swimming phot- Photographs. 
So she has a massive passion for photography. She's like got yeah. degrees in it and uh, she's actually now even doing like a PhD apparently. Yeah. yeah apparently according to uh, Rowie's sports show. Yeah, she has degrees in photography and digital filmmaking. She's mm. doing a PhD in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, At 64 and still learning. Oh, yeah. That's the way to go. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And she's really big into ocean swimming now. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so uh, on her website, shanegool.com, she values health and continues to maintain a vigorous and high level of fitness and strength, which allows her to surf, ride horses, and compete occasionally in mature age ocean and pool races. She has a strong belief that daily experiences in nature are vital for overall human development, well-being and vitality. I totally agree with her there. Gould, as we said, she has a passion for photography and is involved in charity work, which aims to act and improve physical health and family relationships through activity in and out of the water. She runs swimming and water safety programs with her husband in places such as Fiji and Australia, and it's designed to build community capacities and improve individuals' health. Yeah. So that's the story of Shane Gould, mm. one of our great athletes. Yeah. Mm. So let's have a look at the year 1972 now in review. We'll look at the news. So the world was in shock when terrorism entered the sporting world at the 1972 Munich Olympics. And according to the book Olympic World, Athens to Athens, masked Palestinian gunmen forced their way into the building of the Olympic village and took Israeli athletes and officials hostage. So apparently the night before, the the Israeli athletes had gone to the theatre. And they'd had this wonderful night. They'd gone back to their village, you know, and, um, yeah, you know, they were sound asleep and these... They're from the Black September movement, oh, yeah. these Palestinian terrorists. And, um, yeah, and they jumped the fence and, yeah, broke in. And yeah. it was about, oh, you know, 4.30, quarter to five in the morning. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, they broke in, took Israeli athletes and officials hostage, shot two, two of them dead straight away, and they took nine hostage. Yeah, so it was uh, the first time the Olympic truce had been violated and it ended with a shootout at the airport where the Palestinians, the Black September group, had planned to escape with their hostages. So all up 11 Israeli athletes were murdered. Five terrorists were killed um, and their bodies, and this is sick, you know, went back to Libya and they received full military honours uh. at their funeral. Uh, yeah, and three of them were arrested. Yeah, but the big problem was the local police. They just weren't equipped. They didn't have the experience to deal with terrorism. Uh, they didn't know what to do. Uh, yeah, and they stuffed up what happened at the airport, you know, because the, uh, the, these terrorists, they were going to take the, the athletes to Egypt. Uh, yeah, but what happened... The, uh, they had snipers in place, the local police, there at the, this airport in Munich, 
it wasn't the main airport. I think it was like a, a smaller one. And they just started firing and these yeah. Palestinians just shot all the remaining uh, hostages yeah. dead. Yeah. So, yeah, and in the podcast Unpacking Israeli History, so, see, with the Munich Olympics, Germany wanted to show the world how peaceful they'd become after the fall of Nazi Germany. Mm. Yeah, so there was very little security there, especially around the Olympic Village. Yeah. And that allowed them, these terrorists, to, uh. you know, just come in, jump the fence, come in, do what they did. Yeah, and also the terrorists were, were able to break in, you know, due to the very little security, as I said, and Germany wanted to promote peace, you know, because Germany in the past, especially with Israel, you know, and the Jewish yeah. um, community, yeah. you know, they didn't want to be come down looking too hard. They wanted to put all that thing with Nazi Germany in the past and... Yeah. Because when they had the Olympics in '36 in Berlin, it was very military run, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, there was just terrible negotiations. Yeah, and just a terrible plan of action the whole time. And they re refused help from the Mossad. Yeah, they're like a, the ones who were properly trained to uh, yeah. take out terrorists, you know? Yeah. And another thing too, like it was the first time that, you know, because what happened, they, they continued competition for that day until like mid-afternoon, I think it was. Yeah. Well, actually, it might have been nearly 24 hours. Yeah. No, yeah, they continued later on that day and then they stopped competition yeah. for like 24 hours oh. while all this, you know, because... All of a sudden, all the world's cameras went from focusing on the athletes yeah. to focusing on what was happening in the Olympic Village. Yeah. So these terrorists, they were loving it, yeah. absolutely loving it, because they were just gaining all this international attention and support for their cause. And yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the Olympic, um, once, you know, they'd found out these Israeli athletes have been killed and... You know, they had a, uh, oh, you know, the competition was suspended for 24 hours and yeah. then the uh, president of the Olympic Committee, he decided to not let the terrorists win and, yeah, yeah let the games go on. Yeah. So it was on like the 10th day of competition. Yeah. So up until then, you know, it was going really well and, yeah, and sadly, you know, that's what the Munich Olympics are known mm. for for these is the terrorist attacks yeah. unfortunately yeah and afterwards yeah the Mossad they hunted down terrorists over the next 20 years and yeah this event is regarded as Israel's 9-11 yeah so no it was a very sad time yeah so we also had the Watergate scandal which uh Began when, according to thepeoplehistory.com, five White House operatives were arrested for burglarising the offices of the Democratic National Committee. Yeah. And NASA's space shuttle program was launched. The purpose of the program was to create a reusable spacecraft 
to reduce the cost of space exploration. Mm. The first mission began in 1981. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I went to uh, the Space Centre in 1999, uh, seeing how massive those space shuttles are. Yeah. Huge. Unfortunately, they don't go anymore, do they? Uh, yeah, two of them crashed in that time. And yeah. Yeah. And NASA launched Pioneer 10. It was the first spacecraft to travel through the asteroid belt and travelled all the way to Jupiter. Yeah. And the Aboriginal tent embassy was constructed outside Parliament House. And the digital watch was introduced. Yeah. And Gough Whitlam became Prime Minister of Australia. And, yeah, it was the Time for a Change campaign. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't remember it, but I've seen the ads, you know. It's yeah. time for a change. <laughs> yeah. And they had all the famous personalities on there yeah. singing and so the Labor, Labor government set out to change Australia through a wide range of reform programs. Yeah. We all know what happened three years later, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> it was dismissed. Yeah. The only Australian Prime Minister to ever be dismissed. Yeah, but they, they say um, the Australian cricket captaincy is the second most important position in the country yeah. after the Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah. So in film we had the Godfather, the Poseidon Adventure. Oh, uh, how many times did I watch that? Yes, it, it actually used to be on the every Christmas. Yeah, it was on the drive-in pictures that came by, and I remember travel because those days you could travel in the back of a year, not uh, yeah, not 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 get fined. Mm. And we used to go around in the back of this policeman's jute. Yeah. That, and, yeah, go and sing Christmas carols. And we would go and to the back of, pull up at the back of um, the Canberra drive-in and we, we, we watched the Poseidon adventure. Drive-ins were big in the 70s, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gene Hackman was in it. He was the priest, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, no, nah, it was a great movie. It's been years since I saw it, but yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, in the 70s and 80s, yeah, yeah. I saw it lots of times. <sighs> yeah, so we had uh, The Planet of the Apes. And in TV, we had Sesame Street, The Benny Hill Show, <laughs> The Brady Bunch. <laughs> oh, I saw every episode of that about 100 times. Yeah. Used to watch that after school every afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Now you remember this show? <laughs> you remember that one? <laughs> it sounds familiar. This car. Hawaii Five O. Yeah, I saw that plenty of times. And here's Lucy. Yeah. And in music. Had some great songs, say Ben by Michael Jackson. That song was about his uh, pet rat or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit odd, wasn't he? <laughs> he was only a kid then. Yeah. yeah, Alone Again by Gilbert and Sullivan. That's my theme song. <laughs> Alone Again, <laughs> Alone again yeah. naturally. Yeah. <laughs> 
You've probably heard of that song. If, uh, yeah, 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 no. if I played it, you'd know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah I've got it. Yeah. yeah, American Pie by Don McLean. Yep. Oh, that was an album. That's how long that song yeah, went for, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, it went on and on and on and on yeah. and on. I, I think at one stage the radio station like like them because it allowed oh. them to have a good long toilet break. Yeah, <laughs> in those days there wasn't any automatic system. It was all vinyl, and you had to be there to do the changeover and stuff like that. I wonder if that's that song's the record for the longest song on the charts. Agent Time. Yeah, American Pie. Yeah. It'll be coming. Yeah, I'd have to. I might look into that yeah. because I think. Um, what, what, Pink Floyd? Um, that, that was fairly long. Mm. I think that was what eleven minutes or yeah, something like yeah. That. They had a few long ones. Didn't yeah, they? yeah. Mm. So I'll, I'll look into that. Yeah, oh. yeah. And without you by Harry Nilsson, mm. and Lean on Me by Bill Withers. And morning has broken. <laughs> Cat Stevens. Yep. And Bang a Gong by T Rex. Yeah. Yeah, so those brilliant songs in, around that era. Yeah. Yeah, and the Beatles had just broken up, hadn't they? Yeah. Yeah, if you watch 60 Minutes tomorrow night, yeah, there's um, a film. Yeah, they're talking about it, you know, about the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Around just before they break up. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so let's look at some sporting events now for 1972. So as I said, we had the, the Munich Olympics and sport paled into insignificance due to the tragedy. Mark Spitz won seven gold medals and 16-year-olds, high jumper. Now let's see if I pronounce this right. Ulrich Mayfarth. <laughs> and gymnast Olga Korbuck. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were superstars winning gold. And yeah. Soviet weightlifter Vasily Alexeyev, he lifted 640 kilograms. Wow. American runner David Wattle. Now, I saw this recently, right? He's an American runner. He wore a cap, right? And leading up into this race, he had bad tendonitis in his knees. Yeah. And I'll put it on the Facebook page. But this 800-metre race, he was, like, coming dead last by a mile, yeah. the whole, whole way. Yeah. And all of a sudden, with about 200 to go, he's put in this massive kick. Yeah. And he's, yeah, sprinted home and won. Yeah. It was the greatest comeback ever yeah. in any... Any running race. Oh, it's amazing. And Uganda's Aki Bua in the 400-metre hurdles. Yeah, in the USSR versus USA basketball match. Yeah, so this is one of the most famous basketball matches Mm. of all time because you remember this was right in the middle of the Cold War and the USSR won a thriller. Yeah, 51 the 50. And yeah. America thought they had won. And yeah. the cra- so they were leading 50 of the 49. America thought they'd won. Yeah. And the crowd ran onto the court. 
However, there was still like a second to go. And yeah. all of a sudden the referee, he just, you know, they had the crowd removed and he decided to give, um, yeah, add three more seconds to the clock. Yeah. So there's like three or four seconds left. Uh-huh. The crowd was removed. The great game restarted. So USSR, they've, they were leading the whole match. Mm. And I saw it last night on YouTube. And the USSR guy, he's right on his own goal line, yeah. you know, underneath his own basket. Yeah. Throws this massive pass with about a second to go. Uh. Whole length for the court. Uh. This uh, Russian bloke, he's jumped up, got it, scored. <laughs> USSR won. Yeah. yeah. It's the only time America, yeah, up until then, they'd never been beaten in basketball. Yeah. And America protested to no avail. Yeah. Mm. And Australia had a very successful games, winning eight gold medals. And in swimming, Brad Cooper. Yeah, he won a gold. He came, he won the silver. But, um, yeah, it was American swimmer, Rick. DeMont, I think his name might have been. Yeah. yeah, he won gold, but he was found he to, um, yeah, he took asthma inhalers. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and apparently, you know, they weren't allowed in competition. So yeah. he had his gold medal taken off him and yeah. Brad Cooper won gold. And, yeah, and Aussie swimmers Gail Neal and Bev Whitfield, they won gold and we won gold in yachting. And Aussie tennis legend Ken Rosewell won his fourth Australian Open title. Mm. It was 19 years after his first title. Yeah. Yeah, so he won his uh, his fourth title at 37 years of age. What a career he had. Yeah. Muscles was his nickname. <laughs> In cricket, a proposed tour by South Africa was cancelled and a series against a World Eleven was organised. The World Eleven won the series, winning the deciding test in Sydney, with Tony Gregg claiming six for 30. I think it was this series where Ten- Dennis Lilly, you know, really came, well, he came into prominence, yeah. I think it was the test match in Perth. He got about eight wickets for 20 or something. Yeah. And England retained the Ashes after the series in England. Yeah, Australia levelled the series, winning the final test at the Oval. Dennis mm. Lilly bowled br- brilliantly in the series, claiming a 10-wicket haul in the final test and 31 wickets for the series. And it's a series remembered well for Bob Massey claiming 16 wickets at Lords and deadly Derek Underwood skittling the Aussies in the third test on a difficult wicket. Yeah, so he would have been a nightmare to face, Derek Rant- Underwood, because he was this... Left arm orthodox spinner, but he used to bowl. He used to bowl like medium pace. Yeah, you know, and yeah, if the pitch suited him, you know, we're, I've faced those sort of bowlers on a sticky wicket. Uh, they're just they're unplayable, uh, just about. Yeah, and I'll put some vision of on that on the Facebook page. But oh uh, my god, yeah, he just uh, tore them to him. <laughs> yeah, it was. Really good bowler. And Carlton won the VFL Grand Final. According to the book, Australian Sport Through Time, it was the highest scoring Grand Final ever, winning 177 to 150. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. That's a lot of goals. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I read that. I thought, that's a G up. 
Yeah. It's like scoring goals every minute. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the score was. Jeez. There must have been a lot of... Uh, so which, what was this? This Aussie rules. Oh, okay. So it must yeah. have been a lot of goals and not many behinds. Yeah. Yeah. And Aussie snooker player Eddie Charlton won the prestigious Pot Black tournament in mm. the UK. Yeah, I used to watch that. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I Friday being, nights on ABC. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like he sort of... He, I, I remember seeing one game that the, his competitor was one that tossed to, 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 to break. Yeah. And that was it. He just sat down. Well, yeah, because when Eddie came in after the first guy did the break and the other guy just sat there and Eddie just put every ball away yeah. on the table. <laughs> the guy didn't get up again until... Eddie, yeah. Eddie cleaned the table. Yeah, well, so, some of those matches, yeah, they'd, you know, yeah, the other player yeah. would just sit in his chair the whole match because <laughs> they'd just be shooting them in, you know, getting every ball in for the whole. Yeah. Because yeah, they play lots of ends, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see, I've got another winner of the week. There was a, uh, a British darts player. Yeah. yeah. She's beating the men. Over yeah. in, like, you know, yeah. some of the top tournaments over in England. Darts is huge over there. Yep. Yeah. It's the only game you can play that you can have a beer at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. British. Hang on. I'm just looking up a Look name. British female. Yeah. I like it. It, it was the first something. time in history. Yeah. Yeah, this is a name. Fallon Sherrock. Yeah. Yeah, so she reached the final of... Yeah, so she's been, you know, one of the top women's darts players. But, uh, yeah, she's beating some of the top men now. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good on her. Well done. Yeah. Right, so in golf, yeah, Jack Nicholas, he won the US Masters and US Open. And Illy Nastasi, the, yeah, temperamental tennis player from Romania. He won the men's US Open tennis title. Okay, Glenn, what happened in the world of motorsport? Vroom! Oh! Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting for that, weren't you? The surprise. I, I actually forgot I did it. And then I, <laughs> I looked down and looked at the button. I thought, oh, that's right, I did that. Yeah. I j- all I did was I went out on the... Gold Coast Highway last night and just oh, recorded it going past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's lots of that you can do. Yeah, I know. Remember that episode we were doing? And um, we were talking motorsport. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, bloody, bloody motorbikes or something have gone down the yeah. street. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it gets pretty noisy on the fr- fr- Friday, Saturday night. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but the 1972 Brazilian Emerson. Yeah. Philip. Fittipaldi. Fittipaldi won the Formula One Drivers' Championship. Mm-hmm. Driving a Lotus. Lotus Ford won the Construction Championship. Peter Brocky won the Hardy Ferrari 500. 
Now, I wonder, was that 500 miles or kilometres? Well, I think they had, like, different categories back then. Yeah. Different um, races, you know, because it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, 500 kilometres it would have been. You sure? Yeah. I don't think, yeah, they'd got rid of miles by then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I think it, it did take a while for all sports to go over kilometres. Mm. Oh, I, yeah, I think right. there was a period where there was a bit of an overlap because of... Yeah. Like the um, the prize money, I think, for triathlons or, or some sports are based on US dollars. Yeah. So they might say $50,000. Okay. But if if it's if it's based in Australia, then they've got to pay another twenty five percent more. Yeah. So the prize pool is higher. Mm. Yeah, I think it's triathlons. Yeah. Anyway, we've got the uh, Gold Coast triathlon here this weekend. Yeah, this I weekend. saw them setting yeah. up yeah. earlier. Yeah. Also, schoolies. Oh yeah, don't go anywhere near surface. No, no, <laughs> no. Be avoiding that like the plague. I know. Yeah. yeah, but um, so Peter Brock, yeah, as I said, won the Harder for uh, 500, I was going to say 1,000, but mm. in the rain, driving a Holden dealer, uh, team prepared Holden Tirana. Yeah, it was the first of, the first of Rocky's. Record nine victories. Jeez, yeah. nine victories. Mm. Around Bathurst. Yeah. Bob Jane won the first, so he won his fifth and final Australian Tour Cup Championship in a Chevy mm. camera touring championship. Is his, hang on, I'm reading that again. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's move on. He's got um, tyres named after him, Bob Jane, hasn't he? Uh, Bob uh, Jane, T-Marks. Uh, I think it was um, yeah, whether he started the store or wh- whether he was just used as a as the um, figurehead. Yeah. Yeah, for the branding. Yeah. The seventh race was... Held in Surface Paradise International Raceway. Now, yeah. I think I know where that is now because the guy was telling me yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it was around that Emerald Lakes area. Oh, yeah. I just drove through there because I had to go to the chiropractor this yeah. morning. Yeah. Drove through that area and, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's where they had it. Yeah. Because mm. I know that they used to have the, go- the, the go-kart track in... in Southport, where we have the, where there is now the um, mm. the Southport Broadwater Parklands. Oh yep. yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I was walking around there yesterday. It's beautiful. Yeah, mm. seventh. I just wrote that <laughs> Italian. Oh, he's got a tongue twister name. <laughs> Gia Como Agostini. That's a real Italian name. Well, Paul said, <laughs> won the 500 Motorbike World Championship on an MV Augusta. Mm. 
wonder yeah. if any of them are still going. Envy Augusta. Hey. They'd be around, you know, big collectors item for mm. collectors. So now we go to the reveal of this week's Who Am I? Time to reveal this week's Who Am I? So the answer is Billie Jean King. Okay, so with the draw. So the episode for next week. Yeah. And we spoke about it last week, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we're st- still going to go ahead with that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Talk, staying on the theme of motorsport. Uh, well, yep. Yeah, we'll go, go athletes from the Gold Coast. Yeah, so athletes from the Gold Coast. Yeah. But, yeah, well, uh, well, we've spoken about him in previous episodes, but not in great detail. Yeah. Yeah, the great Mick Doohan. Yeah. So. Uh, Casey Stoner. Oh, Yeah. That's right, too. Yeah, there's been a lot of great athletes yeah. from the Gold Coast, hasn't yeah. there? Mm. And the great, um, no longer with us, Ron Clark. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did he grow up here, though, or he um, was the mayor of the Gold Coast? Yeah, he, yeah. he lived here for most of his life, I think. Mm. But, you know, when he was, a gold, when he was the mayor of the Gold Coast, he donated, I think it was half of all his wage. Yeah. To charity. Mm. Good yeah, on him. So yeah. Really nice well, he, guy. You lit the flame at the yeah. 1956 Olympics. Yeah. Only a young fella then. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was saying like he burnt himself when he was lighting it. Yeah. The flames. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he didn't show the world. That's how tough he was. Yeah. Yeah. Great man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sports Shack. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye. G'day, it's me again. Please check out the Sporting Shack on Facebook if you like this for posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time.